Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into the Denver Stiffs Show, part of the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, and to help me kick off this Saturday afternoon pod, we have returning to the podcast, Jenna Garcia, social media director of Denver Stiffs, as well as senior writer, Gordon Gross. He only says that because I'm old. Yeah, it's only because he's a senior citizen, guys. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) We're, We're doing great. How are you guys? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. I'm bummed that there was no media availability today for the Nuggets. There was no media availability. And let it be known, Denver Stiffs was here. We were ready to interview people, ready to get the clips that you guys so desperately want to see of Michael Porter Jr. Dunking, shooting the ball, having the ball go through the hoop. He, d- he does that a lot. but we're, <laughs> Especially uh, in practice. Yeah, especially in practice. We're going to wait to see, and we're going to see what happens when, when we get into games. Uh, everybody's super excited to get into that. Um, Gordon, first, how are you doing, man? Uh, good, good. Like, um, it's it's been an interesting week of uh, going ahead and having practice. Um, it's nice to see everybody on the court again. That's always nice after a summer where they're all apart. Right. Um, but really... Uh, how excited are you, though? I, I don't know. Uh, I'll be more excited when I get to see them actually playing a game. Yeah. Like, you know, practice is practice. It's practice. We're talking about practice. We're just talking about practice here. Okay, we're talking about practice. <laughs> so, and, and for the media, it's basically five minutes after practice that we that we get to see these guys. So there was a scrimmage last night. Uh, none of us were in attendance. It was actually – it was – Supposedly open, but we have some conflicting reports there. Close um, to media. Close to media, close pretty to media, much. Open to um, season ticket holders. Yeah. But but the information that we got from that is that everybody performed pretty well. It wasn't like a. It wasn't like nobody stood out or there was a clear weak link in any of these in any of these sessions. Uh, the starting five of that unit, uh, the the guys that started was Murray, Harris, Barton, Millsap, Jokic. Mm-hmm. So for what it's worth, Will Barton, though he was dealing with a, a minor hamstring injury, he was out there for the scrimmage. Uh, he was with the starting five. Uh, that definitely leads me to believe that he's probably going to get the start in Portland uh, to open to open preseason. But it's very possible that they just decide to rest him. We don't know that, but either way. I want to. I wanted to bring these guys in. Wanted to talk about the takeaways from training camp so far. I've been down here every single day. Jenna joined me a couple days ago, uh, having a grand old time down here. Gordon's been here, and we've been talking and and figuring this out ever since. We obviously podcasted Nuggets numbers la- or a couple of days ago, so check that out if you missed this one. That one was all about the small forward competition, and I thought there was a lot of great tidbits in there. Uh, but either way, I want to share some of my takeaways with you guys, bounce some things off of you, uh, see whether you, you agree, disagree, and, and we'll kind of go from there on the first segment. Then in the second segment, we'll head into some questions that we've, we've got about the preseason. And in the last segment, we're going to do some hot takes. 
Uh, everybody loves hot takes. Everybody loves hearing our opinions on these things, and uh, at least I certainly hope so. Uh, if you're not, if you're listening to this and you don't want our opinions, you're on the wrong podcast. Yeah, please <laughs> click click off because we're we're definitely we're definitely gonna or listen gonna, to the first part and then close out. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna blast some rhetoric in your direction. So either way, here are my five takeaways from training camp thus far. Starting with number one, we mentioned him earlier, Michael Porter Jr. He is an extremely talented baby deer. Uh, he has like, and we, we, to continue the deer metaphor, he's in a buck's body. Like that dude is huge. He is super tall. He's, he's clearly been working out. He's been building up his body. He may not be ready to play power forward and bang with those guys, but I really do think that he, like, unless, unless there are some, uh, residual issues with his back, I really do think that he, could potentially contribute this season. Jenna, what what did you see in your couple of days so far and, and from hearing around Nuggets media? Yeah, um, well, first thing that I saw him doing yesterday after um, – it was just shoot-around yesterday, but it was um, after the shoot-around, he was actually doing some yoga on the sideline. Good. So I thought – and I had commented a few months back about how if he was going to get 100%, yoga would have to be kind of added into that – strength training because of uh, the back injury and flexibility flexibility yeah. and how stiff he had looked in the pickup games I had seen him play in at the end of last season that his flexibility was going to have to have definitely increase and so I was glad to see him doing some like downward dog and some <laughs> yeah. I forget what the other one is called um something cat or something there's always there, there's weird a- names but he was stretching <laughs> his back out basically and I thought that that was really good and then you're only really hearing from other players on the team, you know, Mason Plumley talked specifically about his maturity and just that he was surprised or that he was impressed with how much maturity he brought to the table, which I thought was really interesting because I don't really associate maturity with Michael Porter Jr. In general, I would probably say that he's, I don't know, I just don't think of him as a mature guy because he's really young. I, I would agree with that. He, uh, he definitely has shown in the past that, that he's he's he believes in himself is what we will say. He's a very he's a very passionate guy about like where he came from, what he's done and put in the work to do. He's he said he's born to play basketball. And and frankly, I agree with him. Like that dude is is certainly born to play basketball. Uh the skill level is there. Uh, we've we've heard from several people so far that the game is a little bit too fast right now. He's still learning of the nuances, where to cut, where to stand, how to play, how to play around a guy like Nikola Jokic who takes a lot of time to to learn the the ropes. Well, he's never done that. Like no one who gets to the Nuggets has ever done anything like play with Nikola Jokic. So I expect it to be an adjustment period for everybody who's finally getting on the court with Nikola. That's just the way it's going to be. There's there's no other point center in the world that you can practice with um, who would play like Nikola Jokic. So knowing where to stand when a guard is on the perimeter passing to you is different than knowing where to cut when the guy who's passing to you is on the elbow. Right. Like, that's just different. Um, and so it, it takes some adjusting. Um, but Michael Porter Jr., I said this when we drafted him. I thought he was going to be super gallo, essentially. Yeah. Right. Where he's a he's a giant guy for the three. He could bang as a four, but probably doesn't have the body to do it. Um, but can play some four, can play, you know, outside, drives the hoop, shoots the three. You're, if you liked Danilo Gallinari, then you should like the way that Michael Porter plays. He should do what Danilo did, who was also born to play basketball. Yeah. Like, that's a guy who, and has that same kind of swagger. Is it crazy to think that he's like 
too bougie to play for. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's entirely possible. That's like, really honestly, what I think of him. Like, he just wants to take that perimeter shot. He doesn't want to even really be in there. I know after I broke my nose playing, like, driving to the basket used to be a huge part of my game. And after I broke my nose, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to shoot this jumper. Right. Because I'd rather not be down in there banging around with all these other people who are bigger and stronger well, than Well, and Gallo had bad problems, too. And Gallo did not enjoy banging with big guys. You know, Gallo broke his back in his, um, uh, I believe it was his rookie season in New York. Um, and wound up having to uh, take time off for that. Once you start getting injured as a bigger player, and you know you can just rise up and shoot over all these literal guys covering you, why not just rise up and shoot or drive the hoop to opening? Again, the- it takes some time to really no. figure that out. And Gallo, it took a lot of time for him to be more comfortable playing power forward. Exactly. Uh, he started doing it a lot with the Clippers. He's going to do it this year with the Thunder. Um, yep. But he never really did it a lot with the Nuggets. They always like to put Wilson Chandler on the bigger guys. They pair- paired him with Kenneth Fareed, guys like that. Uh I wouldn't expect him to play a ton of four no. unless they decide they want to play Jeremy Grant a lot at the five. Uh, but I, I, again, I don't really expect that that much either. Let's move on. Takeaway number two. Uh, Tory Craig and, Tory Craig and Will Barton are leading this training camp battle at small forward almost by default. Um, we, we've heard a variety of takes. Like people have said that Wancho's look good at times, that Michael Porter Jr. looks very talented. But I still think that it's, it's really comes down to Craig and Barton. Uh, those guys are the, the veterans I think that Malone trusts a lot more. Especially. Trust is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a trusting guy. He wants to give them the credit that he thinks that they deserve. Uh, as we heard last night, Will Barton started the game with the ones. Uh, that could certainly continue. Uh, Tory Craig had the starting position last year, but we—I don't think I we mean, really at the any, end of last year. At the at the end of and, last, and he year. had it for yeah. default. He had it because Will Barton was injured. Well, when you get injured be, in game one, then your back because Will start. had a terrible a terrible series against yes. San Antonio, and yep. it was obvious to Malone. And I think Malone will always err on the side of defense. And yeah. it's partially because of who he is as yeah. a coach and his philosophy on coaching. He will err with defense. And I think that that's why Tory Craig is even in that second slot there. Unless Tory increased his three-point percentage shooting by a large margin. Yeah, he will go to the end of the year. I'm hoping that carried through. Everybody says his shot looks great right now. Right. But it's practice. Everybody looks good in practice. <laughs> Show it to me in a game. Very sure. possible. Matt Moore made, made mention of this on a podcast pre- recently. You can shoot as well as you want from training camp and from preseason, but the first regular season game that hits, if you go 0 for 4 from 3 and Jokic just staring at you like, why how, why aren't you making these shots, then that really changes matters. I really don't think that that necessarily could hold. Like a, a lot of the work that he's done, I think, is a lot of stationary stuff, but the Nuggets like to get the ball moving. So we're going to see how that goes. Well, and I think a lot of what, um, the critique on Tori was last season was that he didn't mesh well with Jokic. He didn't know where Jokic really wanted him to be when he was supposed to be in the pocket. He was either too far out onto the baseline or too far in or in his way. And I think that that's why he was criticized in that lineup or didn't seem to mesh as well with Jokic as other people in that slot, but who knows? Tori could have studied that over the summers. Tori yep. could have worked on that and paid very close attention to that, studied the playbook. I think what Tori's first thought is, is usually rebound and kind of scrappiness. He's not necessarily thinking, oh, I'm in Jokic's way offensively or I'm not in the right slot 
for him to dish it to me. And maybe he needs to change that mindset. It's very possible. I think that's one of the things that was definitely limiting Denver in the playoffs this past year. Like if you only have two primary ball handlers with you have Jokic facilitating, but only two guards and Murray and Harris in the starting lineup that can really handle the ball and do different things, then and even those guys are are limited in terms of like the point guarding duties that you probably need. Well Denver Denver um, got tired legs. Like honestly, in the in in the playoffs they stopped being able to hit from deep. Yeah. And what you know, um Monte Morris like famously went oh for everything in you rough know playoff, right? yeah, in, in the playoffs uh from deep. It, it was rough. Uh, if you can't hit the open shots, then it's gonna be it's gonna be tough because the Denver's offense generates open shots. Torrey Craig, the the problem they were having last year was a lot of guys were sagging off of him because they didn't respect him and he wasn't making them pay enough. Yeah. If he makes they're gonna sag off of him again this year. If he makes them pay it's a whole different ball game. But don't you think that he brings another aspect to the game where like the scrappiness oh, that yeah. he picks up the pace like where and I am the last person to criticize Jokic on his size or slowness in the game, but he picks up that extra slowness. He's quick. He will dive for a ball. Yeah. He doesn't have any problem getting down on the floor, getting hit in the nose, breaking no. bones <laughs> on either end. Yeah. Whether that's a yeah. finger or a nose, Tori Craig proved to you like yeah. he's all—he's an all-out kind of player. Well, and the nice thing, the one thing that Denver, I'm sure, is looking forward to seeing is whether a defensive lineup of uh, Gary Harris, uh, Tori Craig, and Jeremy Grant holds water because they didn't have that last year because Gary Harris was injured for half the year. Ooh, that's an exciting lineup. So you get to you get to see so many things if that happens. You could even put Millsap at center in that lineup and then see how you go. And you can you can hurt some people in that lineup. I would be interested to see it. I, I actually like that lineup with Monte Morris. Yes, as very opposed much. to Jamal Murray. I agree, uh, and that could be a great way for the Nuggets to play but who's defense in the playoffs. Shots in that well, lineup. You got it. You got to. And that's the question: if yeah. Who's making shots? Right. Gary, it's, is it all drive to the dribble, drive to the basket? Well, I, I mean, Monte's yeah. Monte's in that offense too. So then you see if Monte's making his shots. Um, whether passing to Jeremy Grant on dunks, he, uh, Monte talked a lot about how he and uh, Grant have played sixty upwards of sixty playoff uh, pickup games together. Yeah, just for fun, just to get used to each other. No, I think Jeremy's gonna, probably one of the most excited people. I am excited to see yes. this season is just seeing Jeremy out there and what he can do all together with the lineup. The Nuggets have wanted a player like him for years. Yeah, and I'm I'm very excited to see what he can do in this lineup again once he adjusts to Jokic. And playing with a center who passes you the ball. Yeah. Which is a, it's just a unique concept. Tell you what, we're going to break up our takeaway section. When we come back, I want to get to the last three takeaways that I have from training camp thus far. And then after that, we will get into questions heading into the preseason. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back into the Denver Stiff Show. I'm Ryan Blackburn, joined here by Jenna Garcia and Gordon Gross. 
Uh, again, in, in Colorado Springs, having a grand old time, drinking some mimosas. It's been great. Uh, but beyond that, we've got some more takeaways from training camp thus far. Uh, the third one that I have, Malik Beasley isn't in the competition at small forward, but he could definitely play some minutes there and probably has to if he wants yes. to stay with this team long term. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Malik Beasley is going to have to play the two and the three. He's, I feel like he's grown since college. Um, I would, I'd actually ask him that at some point. He looks bigger than he looked when he came out of college. Um, and so it makes it more feasible for him to play the, the three now. Having put an extra inch or two on. I will say one of the things from being there over the last few days is the general consensus is that he's a little bit lighter than he was okay. after the season last year. That is not the direction I would I have hoped say, he, was, he would go. Yeah. I would have hoped he would have gone the Eric Gordon route where, right. where you kind of thicken up your body and and can hold some, some water at the three. But that doesn't look like the direction he's going. He wants to be as quick as possible. And maybe that helps him play in some uh, two shooting guard lineups where one of them doubles as a point guard. Right. Uh, but we'll, we'll just have to see. I, I don't know if he's going to get a lot of minutes of small forward this year. Yeah, I don't think that Malik – I wouldn't be – Malik wouldn't be the first guy I trust bringing the ball up the court. No. Sure. With yeah. the ball in his hands. As far as his handles go, not my number one choice on this team. I think Malik is the guy that is sprinting up the court for the dunk in transition. Malik has speed. He has hops. He has all these other things that he's really good at. Um, I don't know if Malik just posts about it more than anybody else or if he's just in the gym more than anybody else. But Malik posted about his 5 a.m. workouts every day of this offseason. Yeah. Even when he was on vacations, which he did a lot of, (laughs) (laughs) relaxing in fun and exotic places – he was still constantly on his grind. And compared to other guys, they're, and again, maybe they're just not posting about it, but I know you all saw that picture that Dev put out of Jokic, and yeah. it didn't look like Jokic was grinding at all the, every day of the summer, you know? And that's just not his vibe or not his brand or whatever you want to call it, but Malik really put in a lot of work he, over the summer. He definitely built his body to play basketball, and I think... He's definitely built his body to play shooting guard for a team. I agree. Whether it's whether it's to play shooting guard for the Nuggets or to play shooting guard for somebody else down the line, we're just going to have to see. I just don't think he's going to get the opportunity here, and that's really too bad because as as Gordon has definitely put forward, he's he's a very talented player who could eventually be a star. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Malik Beasley is somebody that um, if the Nuggets didn't have Gary Harris, then Malik's a shoe in. You pay that guy whatever he wants to right. keep him around. Yeah. But you've got Gary Harris, and Gary Gary's just a tremendous ball player. The difference is, can Gary stay healthy? Because that's how Malik gets his minutes. Malik gets his minutes this year if Gary goes down again, or Will Barton goes down again. Like, that's where Malik's big jump in minutes would come. And you hope you don't see it. Um, but it's also weird to keep a guy who could be uh, it definitely in anyone else's rotation and starting for several teams— Mm-hmm. As your backup reserve in case of emergency guy, right. like that's that's nice as long as he's okay with that uh, for this year. But he's trying to make money, so yeah. I don't know how okay with it he's going to be. He's going to want those minutes. We're going to have to see what happens with that. I'm 
like for for what it's worth, a, a lot of the Nuggets guys have singled out Malik as a guy who has stood made out. made progress, stood out, looks good. If he continues to shoot the ball like he did last year, he's going to get twenty million a year on on the open market next season, and the Nuggets just aren't going to be able to afford him. It is what it is. Unless uh, they can create a, some sort of trade to get out of Barton's contract or to get out of something, I don't think that you want to give up Gary Harris uh, over Barton. You probably Gary probably fits with what you have already, right. and he's a lot of like your culture ha- comes with Gary Harris. So I don't think that that's and Gary does is more of a drive to the basket kind of guy than you know Will Barton and Malik kind of are the same role. You know, catch and yeah. shoot, catch and um, shoot. Like they can handle can, they can a little bit. But a bit. Barton's yeah. a better passer, but Barton's also more ball dominant. Malik moves without the ball better than Will. But neither mm. of them are great on defense. Correct. So you're paying you're paying for that no matter you're, what you're paying the offense yeah it's, you're you're paying the guy to have an offensive impact and to be available all the time for any anything that you need them to do as far as transition ball um, come off the bench whatever my fourth takeaway is that Jeremy Grant is going to play a lot of the preseason with Jokic uh, mm-hmm. they want to iron out that connection as much as possible. They want to give Jokic as much time to gel with a new player that that they see as part of their future for sure. Uh, They brought him in here, even though he's on a one-year deal with a player option beyond that. uh, They want Jeremy Grant around for a long time, and that's that's somebody that Tim Connolly and Michael Malone have really singled out. Uh, Jenna, you've you've seen Jeremy Grant play before. You kind of know what his play style is. What about him do you think would really vibe with Jokic uh, going forward. I just think that Jeremy's a cleanup player. I yeah. think that he's going yeah. to be getting those rebounds. There are there were games as great as Jokic is, which is really freaking phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> there are times when he misses. Yeah. He misses shots every once in a while, you guys. And Jeremy's the kind of guy that can elevate, can get up, clean up the those misses, is get putbacks. I think the offensive-defensive boards that he is able to generate is going to be huge for the Nuggets. He's almost like Paul Millsap, Torrey Craig mixed. I can the see that. The athleticism yeah, and lankiness that. that you get from Torrey Craig, but the also like the hardcore, bigger, stronger, tougher, tough. I, not that Torrey's not tough, but just maybe like thicker. You- Body build. Yeah, more, more interior than exterior. Right. Jeremy can do both. Like, that's the, the impressive thing about Jeremy is that he can defend the perimeter and he can defend inside. He can block shots. He can, you know, uh, run on the fast break. Like, he's extremely athletically versatile and he ha- he likes to go toward the basket for his rebounds. Yeah. In that sense, he's like Fareed, where you clean up the offensive glass because there's a guy who's going to who's gonna be available. Now, he didn't do as much of that in OKC for cleaning the offensive boards, but they had they, they needed him different not to offense. do that. Yeah, yeah. Different, different offense. offense. And, and the numbers definitely said that Grant benefited from playing with a lot of solid players in Oklahoma City. I happen to think that he is a, a larger game than that. He has more to show in an offense that's a little bit more egalitarian, that the the Nuggets will share the ball a little bit more with the with the ball handling and, and with There's a guy like Russell Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. With, with a guy like Jokic, he's going to spread it around no matter what, and Grant is going to get those opportunities. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how those two pair specifically, just because Jokic is going to find a lot of times where he can lob the ball to Jeremy Grant at the rim, yep. and Jeremy Grant is going to smash the hell out of the rim in the backboard. Monte Morris, too. Like, yeah. uh, Monte likes mm-hmm. to oop it, and uh, Jeremy likes to finish it, so that'll be just fine for them. But I agree with you. They're going to need to play them together a lot in the post in the preseason, and I mean Jokic and Grant. 
because it's just so different. Paul Millsap said it when he got here that it took him, you know, 30 games to realize what it was like to to figure out where he needed to be because he kept being in the wrong spot because he'd never played like this. Yeah. Nobody nobody in, in college or high school or the pros plays with a center who could lead the league and assist. They don't play with that guy. Like You would think that that would continue to be a, such a pro for the Nuggets. Like This is yes. a different style of game that other teams aren't going to be ready to defend. But do you think that after the playoff run that they had last season, that's going to be better defend, defended better by other teams? Uh, I, I'm... I'm I'm indifferent. Like I, I definitely think that they need to see it a little bit more. The teams that they played in the playoffs last year, Portland, San Antonio, they're fine, but they're no great shakes in terms of the teams mm-hmm. that the Nuggets will probably have to come up against this next pre- this next postseason. But we're gonna have to see what happens. I think the Grant opens up a lot of things for them in that regard. He's a he's more athletic. He's he's taller. He's faster. He's he. I think he plays the right way for what a Jokic ball team is going to need, and and that's going to that's going to benefit them for sure. Uh, the the other thing with that, uh, I expect Millsap to sit out the games that Jokic plays for the sole reason that they want to get Grant as many minutes as he can get with those different combinations. He'll play every single game. I'm pretty sure in the in the in the preseason. Uh, so expect to see a, a lot of Jeremy Grant. That guy isn't going to be the worst thing, right? Yeah, for Paul. And, and, for Paul. and when Millsap yeah. legitimately says, "If you guys want to load manage me, I'm fine with it." You know, uh, it's time. Yeah, well, he got he, he got he got his money, like, and he is now whatever you need me to do, let me do that, but not 40 minutes a game. Do that, and he brings so much of impact off the court, even from the sideline. Yes. Just being on the team as a leader, that you don't need to run his body into the ground. You're saving him for the playoffs. Yeah. So if you need to save him, save him. You have. Jeremy Grant, who plays the exact same position and, and played 30 plus, what, 33, 34 minutes a game last year for yep. OKC. Right. So you don't need to run Millsap into the ground. Like, it's not like when you had Wancho and he was ineffective last year, you know, and then you had Millsap and, and you were you were trying to struggle through with Mason Plumlee playing the four. You don't need Plumlee to play the four now. You've got Jeremy Grant. You can rest Millsap. It's fine. Yeah. The hope now is they've they've got a lot of different options, and we'll get into that in one of the next segments. But most of the time, options is a good thing. We're going to have to see how that goes. But the last takeaway I have from training camp before we go to another break, Nikola Jokic is ready to go. Uh, that dude, he knows exactly what he had to do over the over the offseason with FIBA. He performed well there, I thought. There were definitely moments where he was not at his best. He couldn't keep his temper. Um but well, he, he also wasn't used correctly. I, I hate yeah. to keep harping on Serbia's coaching, but it's so weird to me that the Nuggets built their whole team around Nikola Jokic, and the Serbian coaching staff is unwilling to do the same thing, and it keeps hurting them in international play. It's it, too bad. He's a, he's a guy that you really have to cater a lot to, uh, but you also have to have players that buy in, that, that know, hey, this is what we coaches. have to do. And, and coaches. And coaches. coaches have, I mean, Malone, it took Malone a second before he was like, okay, we're going to build around Jokic as well. Yeah. Because it, it's not a normal thing. It's everyone, not normal. Like you said, Gordon, it's not something that everyone who comes in and plays with them has to get used to it because it's different. It's a big leap of faith. Um, fortunately, the Nuggets are really geared towards what Jokic is about to do. They, they brought in guys like... Big, athletic, uh, Tory Craig, 
Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, these these big athletes. Vanderbilt's a guy who could definitely play with them, though I don't think he will this year. Um, Nikola Jokic is stepping up as a leader. He's in shape regardless of what pictures on Twitter say. He's in his basketball Uh, shape. He's in his version of basketball (laughs) shape. He's happy. Leave him alone. (laughs) And he's willing to do what it takes to win. He has – he's – Talked to the media, said, hey, look, we had a bad practice the first day and we had to clean up some things and we did that. Like that's something that he took pride in doing. It's something that he wants to do. I think he really wants to win and he's willing to do what he needs to do in order to do that. Uh, The difference between him and maybe a guy like uh, Anthony Davis or Giannis Antetokounmpo is that those guys felt the need, hey, we're going to build our body and get into the best physical shape possible. Jokic is connected with everybody. He knows like how everybody wants to play. He went over to Michael Porter Jr. immediately, wanted to get a feel for the kid and, and try to take him under his wing. And he wants them to play the right brand of basketball. And once they do that, they're, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with for sure. Um, quickly, we'll go to another break. And when we come back, I want to get into the, the four questions that I've highlighted heading into the preseason. We're going to talk through those and, and whether we can get an answer for those going into the year. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Denver Stiff Show. I'm Ryan Blackburn, your host. Uh, we have Jenna Garcia on my left, Gordon Gross on my right. Uh, Want to dive into the main questions of the preseason before hitting you guys with some hot takes at the end of this podcast. Uh, the first question I have, can you feed all the mouths in the rotation this year? There are 12 players, maybe 13 if you're counting Jared Vanderbilt, that think that they want to play in the rotation and think they deserve it. How do you satisfy that? What What are some ways that the Nuggets can can make that happen, Gordon? I, I don't think they can. Um, I think it happens via injury, so it's going to happen naturally um, in the sense that if uh, you need to give Millsap a break, then you get some more power forward minutes. Um, if you're going to decide to rest Jokic, I don't think they're going to do that as much as people think they are. But if you decided to do that, then you have more minutes available to get, you know, Mason Plumlee some, some run. But there are guys who aren't going to get a lot of run on this team if everybody stays healthy. If the Nuggets are not one of the top five most injured teams again for the fourth year in a row, like... Knock th- on wood, man. Seriously. <laughs> well, they, but they're set up for it. Like, honestly, they're, they're set up so that whatever happens, they're covered. Yeah. Like, the reason that Malik Beasley is still here is because if something happens to one of their two injured guards from last year, Malik Beasley is available to put in high-level performance. You know, they, they don't have any fall-off. If Tory Craig gets injured, I've got guys for that. Yeah. You know, uh, those are—the Nuggets are set up, and they've built their team so that injuries do not derail them. I don't necessarily agree with it. I think it. I think that you would be better served to consolidate the roster a bit. Because it makes people happier, and you don't have as many guys who definitely... It's not that they think they deserve minutes. They deserve minutes. There's definitely the thought that they deserve minutes, and there's... I mean, every guy on this team deserves minutes, right? These guys are NBA players, right? for the most part. The only guy I think that probably doesn't deserve... or There are two that don't really deserve minutes right now are Bull Bull, Vlaco Chanchar, and maybe Tyler Cook. Uh, But those guys are, are rookies, and they're just coming into the league, and they they... Probably like a bubble isn't even healthy. So everybody else, you could make a, a very solid argument, especially with Jared Vanderbilt, who's definitely not going to really play this year unless there's an injury. But like he's apparently had a great training camp thus yeah. far. Like how how, how are they supposed ripped. to handle that? Oh no, he, looks he, is, great. he is bricked out. He's moving well. Oh man. But yeah. here's my issue though: is 
every person on a team, it could be middle school, it could be high school, it could be college, it could be NBA, WNBA, every person sitting on that bench believes that they deserve playing time. Right. And in the Nuggets case, they actually have really good contenders right, for yeah. playing time. They have like proof people of that. who yeah. should be getting play- who would be getting playing time or more minutes on a different team. Yeah. So my concern is last year one of the biggest things that they that I thought helped the culture of the team was that there were no egos in the locker room right mm-hmm. uh, until Isaiah Thomas came back and then there was a little bit of ego in the locker room but IT got on board pretty quickly right um, and he contributed as Malone said in his pregame or preseason presser in a lot of kind of other leadership ways but my fear is that this year, the mouths that you're trying to feed aren't going to be content with there there's a little bit more ego in the locker room. Well, and, and it would have been more necessity. Um there's so many free agents coming up that they need that this is the year they prove to get paid. Right. Last year it doesn't matter. You're not getting paid the next year. You've Great got next point. year to show it. This year is the year that your performance gets you paid. And there are enough guys who need to get paid that I think that there's that there's trouble in having too many available players who are this good. Well, and I mentioned to you earlier, like I don't think that anyone in that locker room last year was fighting for the starting position. Right. There were a lot of guys who were open and okay with. It doesn't matter if I start. I specifically asked Wancho last year when he got the starting position for the first time. I said, you know, how'd you feel about it? And he was like. The same as I feel when I come off the bench. It doesn't matter to me. I don't need to start. Tori says that he doesn't have to start. You know, there are a few guys in there who believe that they should start and they really care about starting. But for the most part, there were a lot of guys who are willing to take a backseat role and be that kind of like um, complimentary player on the floor, right. knowing that the ball flows through other players on the floor. And unfortunately, I don't think that that's going to be so easy, easy this year. That leads into another question that I have, and it pertains to a guy who just got paid, who just got paid a lot of money. Uh, can Jamal Murray take the next step without drastically changing what the Nuggets like to do and surrounding their Jokic ball? Like, as it devolved into the playoffs, it really devolved into the two-man game between Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, and you saw guys like Paul Millsap lose a little bit of his shine. Uh, Gary Harris lost a lot of his touches. Uh, they went away from Will Barton, who would have taken touches away from Murray and Jokic, and instead went to a guy like Torrey Craig, who you're lucky if he shoots five times a game. Like these are these are really important points. I feel and w- going with the rotation. Like if you're asking Jamal Murray to take the next step as a player, if you ask him to be an All Star, if you've got two All Stars on your team, there's just not a lot of playing time and a lot of shots to go around. If you have two guys who are really major focal points, no, you ask him. You're not asking him to be an All Star. You're asking him to be better. The question is what better is. Better is not more shots. Better is better is can you do yeah can you score three out of four games consistently instead of one out of four. Can you play defense? Can you make assists? Can you pass the ball? You you lean on him and say, you're my point guard now, Jamal. You're not just a shooting guard. So I'm going to need you to do all the point guard stuff. And I need you to defend point guards. I can't make Gary Harris defend all your point guards for you. <clears throat> like, I'm paying you $30 million a year. You, you've got to bring That's other true, things yeah. to the table. Yeah, and I think that Jamal and Gary do different things. Yes. Jamal is a shooter. Gary is... A drive to the basket. Yeah, he's Andre versatile. Miller yeah. on steroids or whatever. You know, he's a better version of Andre Miller. Mm-hmm. He drives to the basket. He his that's his game to me. And I actually didn't think that he lost any luster in the playoffs. I thought Gary was one of my favorite guys from the playoffs last season. I, yo, for totally, what he brought to the table. Totally agree. But the problem is that you run into 
Jamal had 18 shots a game in the playoffs, and, and Gary only got 11 or so. Right. Uh, if if it's going to be like that, if the balance is going to be like that, then it's just there's a limit to what Gary can really provide, like what what he can truly offer at the at that next step, unless he gets a little bit more touches. I feel. Well, I think if they're going to ask Jamal to take the next step, they're going to need to ask Malone to take the next step too, and that means that Malone's going to have to say to Jamal at times, "Bro, you're not hitting. Pass the ball." Fair enough. Shooting. Fair enough. There's like moment if Jamal's not going to fill the role, if he's not going to step up, he's also going to have to accept that being a leader isn't always being the shooter. Being a leader can be being the facilitator, and I, I mean Jokic understands it, right? And hopefully that has rubbed off on Jamal throughout the time that he's played with Jokic. But there's he's either going to have to shoot the ball and make it, or he's going to have to say, "I'm what not Jamal, Yeah, exactly. What Jamal thinks is growth is going to be my my curiosity for the whole year. When you get paid, sometimes there's a lot of pressure to perform. You're like, well, now I have to score the most points. Now I have to be in the most highlights. Now I need to make the all-star game. And the focus should be on what do I do to make my team better? How do I make my team better? It might not be by shooting 23 shots a game. That's probably not it. Um, you know, I can't have my usage at 34%. Let's not do that. And it well, can be it sometimes. Sometimes, Well, sometimes you'll need when Jamal is hot. Right. Give Jamal every shot in the world because he's not missing. But that comes down to back to the problem that we said. Like people who believe in themselves, yep. Jamal believes he should take that last shot. Yep, every time. Will Barton believes he should take the last shot. Michael Porter Jr. is going to be the type of guy who believes he should take the last shot. Yep, and none of them are going to take the last shot because it Jokic is be on the Jokic floor. Jokic taking the yeah. last shot. Jokic should always take the last shot. Yeah, but like they—that's part of taking that next step. I think for Jamal is to own Jokic. My job is to get Jokic that last shot. It's it's a it, I thought he did a pretty good job with that last year. I in think the there's there's a re and and even in the regular season, like a lot has been made that the Nuggets were thirteen and three in games decided by three points or less. Right. Uh, people think that that was a lot of like they think that's of, bad. Like, they think that that's a bad thing. Yeah. Like, but in reality, Jamal grew up in those minutes, mm-hmm. and he really did a great job of getting the ball to Jokic so he could make those decisions. Whether Jokic was then making the next pass or if it was him taking that final shot, he had a lot of those opportunities and he converted on a lot of those. So, and I don't think it's bad necessarily to believe in yourself that much. No, it's you just, have to. Yeah, yeah. especially as a shooter. But as it's a just shooter, bad you'll be when bad. there's that yeah. many people who believe in themselves. Like. If there's five of you on yeah. the floor who think you should be taking the last shot, now we got a problem. Right. Yeah. And someone that was someone the- has to know hierarchy. But you, again, someone is going to have to give something up voluntarily to get even more. That was and, and the Jamal, Boston Celtics last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Jamal has said that, that, that he's willing to do that and that that's on his mind and that he doesn't care about personal accolades and that what he wants is for team victory. And now he's this year he's going to get to show that the, the contract hasn't made him second guess that. Because it does for a lot of people. It's not a Jamal-specific thing. A lot of people, when they get paid, change their game because they feel like that they should be doing something differently than what got them paid. And that's always strange to me. Totally agree. Uh, Jamal just has to get as close to 50-40-90 as he can. Like yeah. that's that should be, be his that should be his goal this year. Be yeah. as close to Stephen Curry in terms of your efficiency as possible. Um, next question: Is Michael Porter Jr. for real when the games come around? Like, is this guy this 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 uh, like it's almost like a myth or or like a, like a like some some sort of fake thing that 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 we believe is is there, but we haven't actually seen it yet. I am so excited to see what he does on October eighth. Like that dude, that yes. dude will play, yes. and he's going to show like some of the talent that he's been putting on for the Nuggets in training camp. I just there was a there's a very famous um, baseball story about a fake baseball player. 
um, who throws like 120 miles an hour. Uh, he's written up in like Sports Illustrated uh, years ago. Uh, and it feels like Michael Porter Jr. is the Nuggets version of that. Where there's this guy and he just like catches fish in the middle of the night, like you know, and plays on his Xbox, and then he goes Bo out. Bo Jackson. And, yeah, seriously. Yeah, it's it's he has a lot of Bo Jackson myth about him, which is fun if he's Bo Jackson on the you know when right. he gets on the court. If those myths actually end up being true stories, yes. Somehow Bo Jackson were all real stories. Exactly. All the stories about Bo were legit, and the thing with Michael Porter Jr. is if those things are legit, the Nuggets are set. Like. That's it. Like, good luck to you because that would make him the best player next to Jokic, probably. And if you get a better player than Jamal Murray on this on, on this team, maybe two better players, you're going to win a ship. That's it. Yeah. You're done. So uh, it's it's all a matter of how good Michael Porter Jr. really is and how much rust there is from not playing ball for two and a half years. Let me ask you this: uh, if he is as if he is as good as advertised. Would the Nuggets be doing themselves a disservice by keeping him on the bench? On the bench? No. Not out of the rotation? Yes. Okay. Uh, it would be like uh, in in Detroit uh, when they drafted Darko and they had a championship team. if Or championship caliber team. Right. Um, if they had drafted Melo like they should have instead, should they have kept Melo on the bench the whole time? No. You play that kid. Yeah. Like, I don't care that he's 19 years old or 20 years old. You go out there and you play him because that kid is a talent. And you can find a place for him, whether it's on the bench or not. You will find a role for him. So if Michael Porter Jr. is healthy and he is as good as we think he is, he's going to get minutes. You have to give them to him. I think you wait to see what he produces little by little. And if his production is worthy of the spot, you earn he earns he the earns spot. He earns the spot, yeah. It's as simple as that. By the All-Star break, you should know what he can give you. Yep. Do you think that he will? Do you think is that is that something that you think that he could do? Me personally? Yeah. I honestly think that I I, I don't buy into all the hype. I think that he seems to have the talent. I think that he has but I think that everyone is born with a certain amount of talent and it's how hard you work. Now, from what we're hearing, he's worked really, really hard. Yeah. From what we're hearing, he has a great mentality, a mature mentality. He's been putting in the gym all the time he needs to put in. He uh, is all about basketball. I can't tell you how many times players have said that to us. Right. Yeah. He's all about basketball. It's, it's almost unfair for me to ask you that question now that I think about it. Just because, like, we haven't we <laughs> haven't, haven't seen, seen it. Him, like, no. we, we, we haven't seen him. There's no, there's no like, like this is a myth that we are mythologizing. Like, it's, it's unbelievable how much they are talking about this. Uh, last question. Do the Nuggets have enough star talent to win a championship this year? We've seen teams like the the Clippers, they added Kawhi and Paul George, and the Lakers have LeBron and Anthony Davis. Do the Nuggets match up with that? Is Do they have enough talent to combat those teams? First of all, I do not give Anthony Davis the kind of respect everybody else around the league gives him. I, I love that take. That's great. He needs to prove it a little bit more to me, but I do give LeBron the kind of respect that he demands, and LeBron makes everyone around him better. So he'll probably do that with Anthony Davis. Um, I I love Kawhi and the Clippers. I think that's going to be a phenomenally fun team to watch. Um, but I do think that the Nuggets, if you're talking about talent, purely talent, the Nuggets have an insane amount of talent on their roster. But every team in the NBA believes that they have an insane amount of talent on the roster. And I just got done watching the Rockies blow a season where they have an insane amount of talent on their roster yep, right. and be in last place in their division. So 
call me <laughs> skeptical or pessimistic, but I think they have a lot of talent. I do think that this is the most open the West has been, but I think that that means that every team in the West is going to give you a good game on every night, which is going to make basketball really fun. Yeah. It's going to make winning a championship really hard. Well, and the problem that you're going to run into is that um, the Nuggets are probably the deepest team. They just are the deepest team. No other team has 12 guys who deserve rotation minutes who would be a top eight on somebody else's squad. On every single team. Yeah. Like, bar none. Yeah, they, they, not everybody has that. Only the Nuggets have that. But that's only good for the regular season and if you get injured and if those guys don't get upset. In the postseason, you don't play 12 guys. You don't play, you might not play eight guys. You know, some teams uh, will run out there with seven to eight man rotations in the playoffs and just grind their guys up because it's the best eight. And so do the Nuggets' best eight match up with the other guys' best eight? That's that's where they ran into trouble last year and that's where they may run into trouble this year. But they did make adjustments to those eight. I mean, look at just Jeremy Grant. And Jeremy alone Grant changes things. Yeah, makes yeah. the postseason. If they're in the same exact position yep. as last year's postseason, they win that game against Portland. Well, and if they don't have Harris With and Jeremy Barton Grant. both coming off injuries, yep. and you add Jeremy Grant, the Nuggets are in the are in the um, Western Conference Finals, looking to make do damage. A lot they of, just are. A lot of people don't remember this, but in that game seven, the Nuggets had. Tory Craig and Will Barton on the floor at the three and the four yep. because Paul Millsap just wasn't cutting it. Yep, a guy like Jeremy Grant changes that. He 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 backs him up a little bit better than a guy like that Craig could at that point. Uh, that means they also you, had to have Plumley on the floor a lot more. Yeah, right. And, yeah. and they were having trouble with Plumley who struggled in the playoffs. Every time Plumley was on the floor, and this is no criticism of Plumley as a human being, but every time they were on the he was on the floor, the Nuggets. Were, went down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's sometimes that's just what happens when when Jokic is off the floor. When you when you take your superstars off the floor, you have to have a formula in order to combat that. Right. Uh, the Nuggets are looking to build that formula. Yep. We don't know if it's being put into practice well yet. Uh, we're going to see what happens, and if Michael Porter Jr. contributes to that, or if Jeremy Grant contributes to that, or if or if what they have at small forward is good enough, uh, we're gonna we're gonna find out real quick. Um, I want to get one hot take from each of you guys uh, just because I think that th- that's something that we should lead off with to to start this preseason. We won't have the Denver Stiff show until next until this coming Friday. Um, let's see what Gordon has to say about that. Um, I don't think Jamal Murray is going to be the second best player on the Nuggets this year. Wow. Who do you think is going to be the best? I'm going to I'm going to go with Gary Harris. I really am. Um Gary Harris as a defender, Gary Harris as a leader, Gary Harris as somebody who fills his role perfectly. Um when you saw Gary in um in the playoffs, even hampered, you saw the difference between having Jamal Murray um guard someone and having Gary Harris do it. Uh, the one guy erases the other player, and one guy gets demolished by the other player. I feel yeah. like I feel like the pressure of being um, a max contract player is going to hurt Jamal Murray. Um, I think he's going to feel he has to live up to it, and he's going to do things that he should not do, and it's going to take him a minute to get the hang of it. It of of being the man, of being the guy with the contract and the pressure and the leadership as a twenty two year old player. I just think it's going to take him a second. And Gary Harris has already ready. He's already, honestly, Gary's one of the veterans of the team, scarily enough. Crazy. You know, yeah. at 25 years old. 
Um, That's crazy. Yeah, but uh, and I I really think that that Gary is is primed for this kind of year. Um, uh, I'm. It's a really matter of health with him. It always is. But a healthy Gary Harris on both ends of the court is phenomenal. is a phenomenal player, especially if he decides that he will take shots he should take and not just pass the ball off for a quarter when he's not feeling it, which is what he has done in the past. If he really feels like he's going to step up for that, I think Gary Harris is probably the second best player on this team. It's very possible. Uh, and as as a big Jamal Murray believer, I do understand and appreciate the things you're saying. Uh, with regard to him, but I also would put it to, to put it to you this way: uh, he's joined. He's in his fourth year. Uh, he has taken a lot of time. the The previous two years were the first two years that he's really had as much of the had as much of that responsibility on his shoulders uh, to be the starting point guard to really set the table. Year three for a lot of point guards is where you start to come into your own. Yes. You start to figure things out, make sure, okay, this is, I've, I'm, I've been in the league for a few years now. This is where it needs to be. This is like how the guys are operating. This is how I can best help the team win. I think that's going to really translate for Jamal Murray. And I actually do think that he's going to go the other, like, not necessarily the other direction, but like, I think he's going to be a borderline all-star. I don't know if I, if I would necessarily predict all-star at this point because the, the West is stacked. Like, we know that, but all stars hard. You got you got to come out of the gate hard as a team, and you got to have your fans there voting like crazy for you. And uh, it helps to be popular in China. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jenna, do you have a take? Do you have a hot take for me? Yes, my hot take for this season is that Will Barton will have the best season he's had in Denver so far this year. That's a big one. That's that's a big, that's a big deal. Yeah, I think uh, Will. Two years ago, he was averaging about 15.7 points a game. Yeah. Last year he dropped down and obviously played about half the games that right. he played the season prior to that. And like even less of that at like a, a relatively healthy level. Like sure. he came back and just wasn't the same. Right. And I think that this year he is going to come back and I think he's going to have his best performance yet. I don't necessarily think that it's going to be um, point-wise that it's going to be like 20 points a game. I think he'll probably stick around 17. But I think that he will wow. be a better contribution a better um position player contributor i think that he's bought in he knows what they're about and i think he knows that if he wants to stay with this team and he wants to stay a starter he's going to need to buy in and just contribute the way that he maybe in the past has been hesitant to be willing to contribute as he's been a a versatile guy for them for for a lot of the years he was off the bench he was the sixth man kind of the do-it-all guy who who they, they just needed somebody to carry them. Now they don't need Barton to carry them, but they do need him to step up and get back to that point where he was. Uh, at his ceiling, I think he's definitely the best option this year at the small forward position. Like you see you see the Nuggets, like he's he's definitely the best player. Like that I don't think there's any any no. question that that he's a better basketball player, a more versatile basketball player, especially offensively with a higher ceiling than a guy like Torrey Craig. Uh, the Nuggets were they struggled to score at the end of the postseason last yes. year. He had some really great runs in Portland. I, I in, agree. Um, in that Portland series in general where there was I and he was coming off the bench and I think that he needs to just own and accept that he might just be better off the bench. I used to come off the bench playing um, in high school and because I chose to come off the bench. I would vomit 
before a game out of straight nerves right. for no yeah. reason. Yeah. And I knew I could play. I knew I was fine in the game. And I would, but it coming off the bench versus starting for whatever reason gave, took away my nerves. Now I don't think that Will has any kind Barton of has nerves, no nerves. Yeah. whatsoever. But I think that he does get a chance in that second group. He's the one of the more talented guys on the floor. And he has the ch- opportunity to be and show what his worth, that he's worth the value, you know, that he's getting from uh, the team. And he's going to, if he accepts that role, he could be really great this year. It's very possible. They're going to need somebody to help the bench unit score, I would say. Yeah. Uh, you had Morris. You have a guy like Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley. Uh, you'll have Malik Beasley. But the one thing about that bench unit was they didn't have a real scorer unless Jamal Murray was was kind of on that unit. And even then, Murray kind of struggled on that unit. That's one of the things that people don't talk about as much is that he was so much better with Jokic. Uh, a guy like Barton was able to excel even without him. Um, let's go into my take. I think that Jeremy Grant is going to finish the season as the starting power forward and will start at least 40 games this season. I don't consider that a hot take, so yeah, good job. That's it's, not even... Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, that's a lukewarm take. I don't know. I, that, I, think, I think that's acceptable for yeah, sure. Yeah, Grant is just one of, the, one of the studs. He's one of the guys that didn't necessarily get a lot of the credit in a guy in a team like OKC because you've got two superstars but Grant does everything for the team. He is a a solid piece that just makes it work. He has a lot of skills that he wasn't able to show and I think he's going to really be able to show that off this year. Uh, and the Nuggets are going to figure out that, hey, Paul Millsap probably isn't the future of this team. He's 34. He's going to go on 35. Jeremy Grant is a decade younger than that dude. Right? Yes. He, he also lines up with the timeline that the Nuggets have with yes. Jokic, Murray, Harris, Beasley, Porter, if all he of those guys. Man, if he doesn't do what you said and he's starting at least half the games and a huge contributor and a major piece, they're not re-signing him. So... Because then he's not the right guy. Yeah, like exactly. I mean, honestly, like if he comes in and he has a bad year, then they're not going to play him. They're not going to pay him, and he's going to be gone. So to be a to be a future Denver player, he's got to show this year that he is not just good in this lineup. He's not just acceptable, but that he can be a legit All Star caliber forward next to Jokic. And I expect him to show it. I I'm stoked to see Jeremy play. I really am. And I think that it's it. It's almost like a natural progression. Yeah. You know, not to call to focus too much on how old Paul Millsap is, but Millsap's on his way out. Jeremy Grant is young and ready to come into another contract. He's ready to start something new in a new city, and I think like what what the ceiling is for him and Jokic on the floor together could be so amazing that that Michael Porter Jr. will just be like the kicker. At yeah. The, you know, it'll just yeah. be like the cherry on top after what you see from those two guys. We'll, we'll go with it. I'll, I'll, I'll step my hot takes even further. <laughs> I think that the final starting lineup that the Nuggets will use at the end of this season is Murray, Harris, Porter, Grant, Jokic. There's a hot take. That is a hot take. There you go. I would not you expect him to be this. There it is. Because Porter, I don't expect Porter to be a starter in the playoffs. But. We'll see. Uh, again, if he's that good, you can't deny him. If he's a mellow level player and he's healthy, and his body has held up over 82 games, you're going to have to play that guy. I'm, buy- I'm buying into the hype. Yeah, you're buying into it. And well, I think no. the reason it makes it a hotter take is tagging in MPJ in there because yep. I think we're all 
aware of what Jeremy Grant can do at an NBA level yes. because we've seen him play in an NBA game. Yeah. You haven't even seen MPJ play in a college level game for that matter. <laughs> so we don't know what he's capable of. We want to believe the hype, but I just don't want to feel sad after if he doesn't live up to it. It's Tuesday. Yeah. Come on, Portland. I Tuesday. Guess I play. Again, October 8th, Tuesday, the game will be shown on ESPN. We will have all of the reaction on Denver Stiffs before and after that. It's going to be wonderful. We're really excited to see this season kick off. Gordon, Jenna, thank you guys for coming on. Really appreciate it. We're going to we're gonna kick into the gear next week as well. There will be another Nuggets numbers on Tuesday in preparation before the game, as well as a Denver Stiffs show again on Friday. Friday. We're gonna we're gonna have a fun time with this guys. We're we're really excited for it. Yep. It's been great. Now get out of my house. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Bye guys. We'll see you next week.